Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me, you know, for the thing that we do with episodes of Star Trek, my good friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. How are you fellas doing? Hey, Eric, we matched this time. Look, boring gray shirts for, for the two of us, and Chase isn't in on it. <laughs> Chase isn't in on it. Not a boring gray shirt day. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. How do you like it now, Chase, being left out? I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I don't feel lonely at all. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Look at him wearing his 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 black shirt. <laughs> what is it, a Star Trek shirt? It is a Star Trek shirt. Yeah, it's, it's a Star Trek <laughs> shirt. Lame. Wow. Wow. Y'all, 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 y'all did like the group text, didn't you? That's right. We set up our own group thread. Man. A group thread of two. I feel I feel so left out. Like, why am I even here? Y'all got the show, right? Y'all can is, just take care of it for me? Is two people a group thread? Apparently it is now, Eric. <laughs> I mean, apparently. I mean, jeez. But to be fair, David's looks a little bit more blue, so... It's not. It's a darker gray. Mine's a lighter gray. Mine's a darker darker gray the darkest it's the darkest gray you can have it's black yep that's fine this is a great this is great podcasting by the way we're, we're off to a great start <laughs> talking about our clothing and the 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 hues of our, our shirt this is so great. about that weather guys how's that weather been treating you hmm man this is this is top quality right here like i don't know why we haven't been picked up by like a network or something, man. Like, this is good, good, good broadcasting right here. No, I'm just... Okay, look, I'm just glad I don't sound like a freaking dead man like I did in the last episode. Like, like whenever... Like, even putting that sucker together is like, man, it sounds like I'm clipping or whatever. And it's like, no, I just sound horrible. Like, freaking, like, chest stuff and, like, nasal crud. Like, man, I hate it when that happens. You should you should edit in like the Undertaker's music, you know, like WWF, the Undertaker, the Dead Man, right? Just you hear the bong, you know, going on. It'd be great. The next time one of y'all is sick or you know not sounding like a hundred percent, that's happening right there. There you go. I don't know what that is. It was that one year when I watched wrestling, Eric. It's like one year in the nineties. I mean, the one year. That's right. Sure. Do y'all remember when? Do y'all? I don't know. I don't know if y'all will, but do y'all remember like when like the WWF had to be changed to WWE and like what a big to do that was back in the nineties? Yeah, World Wildlife Foundation. That's right. Yeah, I do remember that. Man, man, yeah, and like right around the time, like I think um, what was the thing like NWO or something like that? Like was like the big. Like, it's still around, isn't it? Is it really? I don't know. Do you know one of those professional wrestling things is owned by Billy Corgan? The the singer oh, yeah. from Smashing Pumpkins? Hey, he oh, does that? one of those, yeah. There you go. Huh, how about that? One, one of my buddies um, who runs another, another podcast, um, it's called Dropping Sunday. It's a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture. He is huge, huge into, like, the wrestling stuff and I mean anyway Seth I love you man but 
I, I, just, I just don't get wrestling. I just don't get it. Christian's laying the smack down. That's right. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's been it's been a week, man. It's been a week. Um, I finally got some some meds. Um, so check this out. So you know, I had like this like cough wheezing thing or whatever going on, and I I just wasn't able to like really get to sleep because like the wheezing was just like getting to me way too much. So I get on Teladoc at like 1 a.m. Like, you know, Sunday night going into Monday. And um, the doctor's like, what are you doing up so late? I'm like, I can't sleep. Why can't you sleep? Because I'm like wheezing and coughing and hacking. I sound like a freaking dead man, man. Can't you hear me? And he's like, well, why don't you just use an inhaler? I'm like, I ain't got an inhaler. Like, he's talking about, like, inhalers, like, you know, like it's a freaking loaf of bread. Like, who just has a freaking inhaler just sitting in their medicine You're not an asthmatic? You don't have prescription meds? Come on. Like, good grief. For real. So directly under his camera is just like a whole slate of Taco Bell because he's just blitzed or something like that. <laughs> this like late late night doc just, you know, hey, man, like, what are you doing on? Like, I never get calls at this time. This is cool. Thanks for keeping me company, man. <laughs> good grief. Does, I mean, just, just do one of y'all like have like some random inhaler just like chilling in your medicine cabinet or, you know, no. a nebulizer or a big old machine that helps you breathe with an oxygen mask? No, but I, I need to get something that I can wear at night to fix my snoring. Mm. CPAP. CPAP, baby. Something, something, one of That's those right. machines, right? Ladies, he's off the market. <laughs> Got it. Baby, can you roll over and put my mask on me, please? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Congratulations, Eric. You're getting old. You're the oldest one here. It's common. I mean, I've always been a snorer. I mean, I'm I'm no Jerry DeBusher, but like... Whoa, man. Whoa, man. That's, that's, That's deep cut right there, man. Eric, I, I thought I thought we were friends. We were wearing gray shirts, and then I made a random like one year when I was like eight wrestling reference. And now you're coming back with names I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. We had a special group text away from Chase. It's just. <sighs> I'm sorry, David. Dang. Did I hurt you? No. Oh, this really. is great. I'm this dead inside. <laughs> you were already dead inside, David. I mean, that's it's fine. true. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so I got I got the inhaler and um, I'm kind of breathing better, I guess. Um, <laughs> he actually did get you an inhaler. Yeah, he actually That's got me an inhaler. Story. <laughs> he got me a freaking inhaler and I'm like, all right, cool. Let's let's do it, baby. I'm sick. You should get an inhaler. Isn't that for asthmatics? It's for anyone who believes. <laughs> I mean, I actually do have an inhaler because like some of my allergies have always you know, been sort of extreme, like cats and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy allergic to cats. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. He's just giving you an inhaler. So he gave, so he gave me like a steroid, you know, like to help out with clearing things up or whatever. But then he's like, you need to really open up the airway. Like you really need to like clear things up and stuff so you can get rid of that wheezing. I'm like, you're the doc, doc, and that was it, basically. 
So, and then he gave me like this, these like things called like Teslon pearls or whatever. And it's supposed to be like a cough medicine. And I look guys, I looked this up and it said that this particular drug was 42% effective with cough relief. I'm like, what is this? Do you just take a big old cup of the, the, you know, nighttime, uh, the, you know, the, the syrup stuff, like the, NyQuil or whatever. Yeah, yeah. NyQuil, that thing. Just take a, take a healthy shot of that and just go knock yourself out. That use the, use the nighttime, not the daytime, the nighttime. There you yeah, go. Use the nighttime and then a little bit of booze, right? Or right out. I usually, that. so I usually, lean. Uh, <laughs> like what I, I usually take Benadryl at night. So um, that's that's my sleepy time stuff, but also like just daily allergy type of thing or whatever. But goodness, don't guys, don't don't do that. Don't don't take Teslon pearls or whatever it's called. It's it's no way, no. It's it's not effective. The efficacy is like zero, basically. I don't think you were on a legitimate side. I think you thought you were on a legitimate side, but this is like some. That's where my insurance doctor. tells me to go whenever I can't get to my own, you know, primary care. So there we go. There we go. Oh David, how's how's life been for you, man? Did you oh do you go into like soccer games or you know eat any random foods lately? I mean. Well, I got to live vicariously through you and, and Eric for crying out loud. Well, let's see. The last time we talked was what Wednesday? Am I am I forgetting stuff or am I not getting that Wednesday. right? When was when was the last time we we talked about something? Has Sunday. it been longer than Sunday. that? Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I did actually have a week. What have I done this week? <laughs> uh, nothing really entertaining this week. It's just it's mainly been working. We're we're uh, we're basically working to the bone at this point. We're asking people to like stay on weekends and stuff. We're we're hiring like crazy. Uh, it's it's been pretty hectic, honestly, for the past month ish. Uh, we've been trading off like shifts to work like what we call late night shift, which is basically, you know, come in at eight, leave at eight type of thing to make sure all the work's feeding, you know, and getting done. So yeah, it's just been. It's just been a little chaotic so far, so it's just work. Uh, I am going to a crew game this weekend, so Saturday I am going to crew uh, crew game with a with a bunch of people, so that should be that should be pretty fun. Uh, but no, I think I I think I may or may not have shared everything else from last weekend when we did uh, was it the autobiography of Janeway? So I'm not going to repeat it. Very well, very well. Okay, all right. Eric, anything, bud? Um, Fiesta started in San Antonio today, I believe. Maybe it starts tomorrow, April 1st. If you know what Fiesta is, it's like a big celebration down here. I know what Fiesta Texas is, which is... <coughs> well, no, that's a theme park. Fiesta, exactly. it's like... It's like they... Like tomorrow, this weekend is Taste of New Orleans... And then there's like a parade for like Battle of Flowers, and I think it's supposed to celebrate. I'm I'm a new San Antonio, and I don't know what all this stuff is. Yeah, he he's teaching you about Texas, Chase. He's teaching you about Texas. He just got here. He was living in other states. He's out Texasing you, bruh. I've only been to San Antonio like twice. Okay, I've never lived there, homie. Now, Chase, if you don't start being more Texas, we're going to take away your boots. 
What's not even it's not even your Texas what? card, it's just your boots. <sighs> you have to bring this back. Straight straight from the official Fiesta webpage, right? Oh, we're about to learn something, y'all. In San Antonio, culture sings. We celebrate our rich heritage with vibrant parades, food centric events, and lively local entertainment. We collect medals to show off our San Antonio pride. Mm. What started in eighteen ninety one as a way to honor the heroes from the Battle of the Alamo has transformed into a way to share in the fun of celebrating our city's largest citywide party with a purpose, Fiesta. It sort of seems like, yeah, so we started this to, like, celebrate the guys who died at the Alamo, but, like, you know, now it's just, like, it's not that. <laughs> it's a big party now. That's cool, though. It sounds interesting. Yeah. 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 Take pictures. <laughs> Post them on Twitter. Yeah, man. I'll do that. Thank you. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be riveting. It's going to be riveting. Y'all ready to talk, Trek? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do this. All right, everyone, here we go. Let's talk, Trek. If this is your first time listening, we are uh, about to go into spoilerific territory with uh, Star, Trek, Star Trek Picard Season 2, Episode 5, Fly Me to the Moon. Can't help but want to sing. Make it so. Make it so. Make it so. If you want to get DMCA'd, you're, it's up to you. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Like, no one listens to this podcast. It's Chase, fine. I was trying to give you a compliment there, and you t- totally went over your head that you singing it would actually get you a DMCA strike. But, you know, it's fine. I was just trying to compliment, bring you back into the circle, into the gray shirt circle. Mm. <sighs> so it teaches me for trying to compliment. Or me, period. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. So per the usual, we get like a quick little recap, and um, then we get right into it. Um, so four minutes before credits roll on this, and this is like a quick back and forth little doohickey between um, who we initially think is Laris in disguise, which it's not, by the way. Um, and this one lady who has a thing on her shirt that says Picard, uh, good old Renee Picard, by the way, um, preparing for this uh, mission, this Europa mission that we've been seeing billboards and advertisements or advertisements, whatever you want to call it, um, here and there. And it's it's I, I kind of like the pacing. I kind of like how it's going back and forth with all this. Like you know. Um, we later find out like this Laris character played by Orla Brady is actually Talon. Her name is Talon. Um, and you know, Renee Picard, she's kind of like on the struggle bus. Like she's got this 1202 um, alarm going off, which I believe was the same kind of alarm that happened on, what was it? Apollo 13. Is that right? What was it? Like when everything like things were like going bonkers, I'm pretty sure it was the 1202 alarm that um, initially started that whole chain of craziness basically. So, um, anyway, so the going back and forth, like, you know, Rene Picard kind of like just strikes out, like trying to, you know, do this. Like we, we, we find out it was like a, a, a simulator, a test flight basically. And, um, Picard having this quick conversation with Talon, um, and like, you know, something's about to happen in three days and you got to help us. And Talon's basically like, oh, well. Um, interesting because the person that you're concerned with is your ancestor 
apparently your ancestor type of thing. And then boom, credits. So um, I know that it was like a very quick, to me it was a very quick four minutes, but any thoughts on just how this episode opened up with this back and forth stuff? Why does Talon look like Laris? Yes, that's the question. That is the question. I don't think we're ever going to get, I don't think there can be a satisfactory answer. The show might give us an answer, but I don't think any of us are going to be satisfied with the answer they give us. If Doesn't they make give, any even sense. if they try to give us an answer. I can provide a Doctor Who rationale for why, but that's about it. This better be good. So, you know in that one, that, that, that season with Matt Smith and, you know, Jenna Coleman, and, like, you have, like, the whole Asylum of the Daleks type of thing, and, you know, the 11th Doctor meets Souffle Girl. Yeah, definitely remember that. Yeah. At, at, at some point, a particular character enters the time stream and is dispersed through all of time and space where the Doctor has set their, their feet. But she was still Clara, though. She wasn't like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm Blob Clara. I'm emo, hey, look, Cl- you know, I, I'm like from the planet Zorp. No, I mean, well, it was just Clara. Technically, one of them wasn't Clara. Actually, technically, two of them weren't Clara. Clara. One was Oswin. It was still the same actress, Chase. They, they didn't change up. I mean, you're you're changing complete. Uh, biology here species yeah I mean that's uh, I appreciate that that I I can understand where you're coming from there but like we didn't swap species hey man they could be like doing like a like a like a little sneaky thing you know like quick little like surgery like they're supervisors we've come to find out right like what's a little what's a little bit of like an ear shave it's fine Anyone can do an American accent, right? Go from an Irish Romulan accent to uh, just an American I mean, I didn't accent. actually care for her American accent, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. That's fine. But, hey, that's all I have to go with, man. Like, I was just thinking about freaking Doctor Who when that was going down, bro. Okay, anyway, we come back, and we're, we're, <laughs> we're if we're in this apartment, and she's like, right. I'm, a, I'm a supervisor. I, I... You know, I have a singular duty, right? And I just my I have my one mission. I don't know what my one mission means in the greater scheme of things. I just know I have my mission, and my mission is to watch and supervise Renee Picard. Like that's that's all I know. And she says supervisor, and Picard instantly recognizes supervisor, and he's like, oh well, Kirk's Picard and. Gary Seven, he met one of those. And, um, like, Picard has very selective memory here, like, in this episode. And it really kind of bugs me a little bit because he's like, he can remember that one incident that he probably read in a log somewhere. They maybe they studied it at some point. I don't know. But, like, he doesn't know what his own ancestor did. He's like, I, I don't know. I mean, but then he remembers something more about his ancestor. Oh, yeah, she picked up a life form on Io. And this is, I'm jumping way later. But it's like yeah. his memory is very selective. And then, like, if he re- he can remember the name of Supervisor and Gary Seven. But, like, you would think that 
he would remember that the date of the Europa mission, if he can remember the name Supervisor and Gary Seven, and it's like, oh hey, we went back in time to April twelfth. Well, hey, the Europa mission, which my ancestor was on, was April 15th. Maybe that has something to do with it. It's like right. his memory is really plot convenient here in this episode. Well, and, and like we got to remember, too, that it was what? Episode one, wherever he's he's at the academy and he's giving like a little commencement address or commissioning. I don't know what kind of address that was, but he's, you know, he's addressing all the cadets there at the academy. And part of his speech is highlighting Rene Picard. Like, straight up. So, like, he knows what his ancestor did. Like, his ancestor was um, integral to, you know, early exploration of this solar system. Well, it's not just that. I mean, th th this guy, he's an archaeologist. He's a historian. He's always been interested yeah. in the history of whatever he, you know, suits his fancy at the moment. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it seemed very very move it along you know oh yeah i mean that uh hundred years uh just really foggy very foggy i don't i don't know but oh yeah by the way i know everything um th this kind of popped into my head a little bit uh y you know we there have been more drop hints about like uh you know certain maybe psychological things, maybe like, uh, you know, things people deal with nowadays a little bit more that, you know, we're talking about mental health more. Do you ever think that they're going to maybe drop something with Picard, like having like dementia or like all like early onset, like, like the early signs of like Alzheimer's. I know well, he's I like mean, a robot or something, wasn't but like that what areomatic syndrome was, is like kind of like a form of dementia. I don't know. Like, I just, in, I just in thought all it good would... things when he suffers, yeah, yeah. when they're like, are you sure you're like old Picard? Like, are you sure yeah. all this is happening? Are you sure it's not your like dementia thing that you have? Yeah, because I mean, I mean like, yeah, it, it it could be it could be something to sort of highlight it because it, the, you know, there were there have been mannerisms that that have been in the show so far that just sort of, I mean, yeah, he's old, but. I, one thing that I, I am a little tired of, of having from Picard, just because I remember Picard and Next Gen and all that good stuff, I don't know. He doesn't know what to do a lot in this show, but then, like, towards the end of this, he has a plan, you know what I mean? I'm just sort of wondering if they're, if they're going to, like, talk a little bit about if this season or maybe next season about sort of his own deterioration. Because, like, I don't remember uh, from season one, but he doesn't have an infinite amount of time to live. He was basically no. set up to live what would have been his natural existence as a human through this you know, new body. Correct. I don't know. Just, yeah. just something, some, something to throw out there. Probably wrong, but like, no, I mean like that, that's the, that's the exact thing that, um, um, Alton Inigo soon said, um, you know, whenever they gave him the, 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 golem body right that like we, we decided not to give you like any superpowers or you know super abilities super anything like this is just to kind of help you just live the rest rest of your your days like your natural days basically and we got to remember like picard was born in 2309 and here we are we're in 2401 so brother man's almost a hundred like brother man is old yo straight up old 
So, um, but that might not be, I think we also had this conversation, but like that might not be old for 25th century standards for all we know. I mean, what was it? Um, McCoy, whenever he showed up on a uh, freaking enterprise D, you know, the, the series premiere of next gen, he was what? 127. Was that the number that data, uh, pulled out of yeah, his head? I think Yeah, something like that, but he was like old. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Picard still, you know, Picard still got some game. Yeah, he's 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 still trucking along there. Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Okay. Well, let's talk about the mental health of it all. Like, okay. So, Laris, not Laris, I Talon, excuse me. She's watching the therapy sessions of of Renee Picard, and Picard's like, "Wait." And our Picard's like, why are you watching this? This is private, which it is. It's like a very invasion, even though I know your mission is to watch this person. But that is that is an invasion of privacy there. Um, but, like, this is the thing. Like, I understand that if you're an astronaut or you're going on some mission like this, you're probably going to have to do psych evals. You're probably going to have to go through therapy. Like, I totally get that. But I don't know, like if someone who's got as many issues as they're trying to portray Renee Picard would be chosen to go on this mission in the first place. Like she's suffering from depression and like doubts. And I, I just don't think this person would, would ever be selected by NASA or some other space agency to go on a mission of this importance. Right. Well, is it is this a symptom of Q though, or is this something? I mean, it kind of seemed alluded to, like she's always had those kind of problems. But, I mean, Q being non-linear could have potentially caused that. And by the way, look, I know that we brought Sigmund Freud out in the show, okay? But John Delancey's little pseudo Freud voice he was doing for this this uh oh spoilers by the way he's a psychologist uh I I I don't know I thought it was kind of lame personally like I'm sure it was like a callback kind of thing but I was like I I don't know about that so much that's why I don't wear tweed when I do work I'm just saying (laughs) yeah dude I totally I totally want you to wear some tweed (laughs) I mean, Bro. I think we all instantly, as soon as we heard the voice, were like, that's John Delancey doing some weird accent. It wasn't like a surprise. When I they saw the top back of the, the head. Camera. I know. But I, mean, I need, I need a front-facing voice. camera on this guy. <laughs> that's not a therapist. That's Q. How dare he do this? <laughs> I actually did like his reaction, though. I, I like Picard's reaction to that. It he made like, me laugh. Stood up and was, like, angry. Yep, yep. It almost <laughs> took me back to uh, him destroying his little ships, man. Man, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Why? Is, what is it about? Like, is it just Freud? Is that what it is? Like, why we just associate like therapy, counseling, whatever, with like, you know, that like tweed and sweaters and stuff like that because like it's like it's overdone man it's overdone Hollywood is all about stereotypes though 
I mean, that's even true. even even when even as we get more progressive in it, it still brings up all the stereotypes, hundred percent of the time. Okay. Well, n- note to self: never wear tweed. I don't want to be a walking stereotype. Now, Eric, you can continue to wear your cardigans. That's fine. Just apparently you, m- you missed the memo that you were supposed to wear it tonight. Well, I mean, it's it's getting warmer, right? Is it, though? <laughs> Is it? We need to get you some warm weather cardigans. There we go. <laughs> like, what, what are those things? Like the, like the, sh- the, the short sleeve ones, right? Get short you a vest. Cardigan? A, card- a cardigan a vest. vest. <laughs> yeah, get a cardigan vest, man. There we go. That's your uniform, dude. That's your uniform. You can either wear the long sleeve or just the tank the tank cardigan. Somebody out there to the Lone Star Station, we need you to send a breathable summer cardigan sleeveless. <laughs> For the lieutenant commander, okay? Like, forthwith, we need that. Straight up. Uh, but anyway, so like with, with like the depression, the anxiety thing, like I was 100% with you with what you're saying, Eric. You know that if you have like like certain diagnoses, right? Or like you're showing like certain symptomology, you're going to get like either a straight up yellow light or a full on red light with doing that kind of stuff straight up. Um, I have worked with people um, in various roles that I've done as a mental health professional where I have to keep in mind what I'm thinking about diagnosing them because of that very reason, security clearances, their MOS, whatever it might be especially if they're, you know, they're military or they're like DOD type workers. Like if I just flippantly diagnose them with something, that's their income. So like I, me personally as a provider, like I'm really trying to look holistically at the person that's in front of me and what this diagnosis is going to mean. What, I mean, and I, I have, sometimes have to like, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I have to have the courage sometimes to make that hard decision. Like if it's truly needed, um, so like, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we know that she's gonna get on the dang ship and she's gonna do the thing because like the plot demands it. But depression, anxiety, you know, especially if there's like any kind of like SI kind of stuff, like trigger warning. If there's any kind of SI kind of stuff, that's an automatic DQ from not just astronaut stuff, but just any flight deck stuff in general. So, yeah. So, like, if we just follow the Picard line here, right? Picard is like, well, you know, Q. We can't let Q stop her from getting on this mission. We have to let her go. Like, he can't meddle. So, we just have to make sure nothing happens within the next fifty. It's now fifteen hours worth of time. It was three days last episode, but now it's only fifteen hours. I wonder. I don't know where all that time went but i haven't seen the sunset (laughs) well rios is still on the bus right right it went from three days to 15 hours right that's a long bus trip (laughs) it's a long bus trip (laughs) and the sun hasn't yeah we haven't seen the sun go down right it's down the sun is down in in france but it's up in la look man like he beamed out of like nowhere falls gets a concussion gets taped up gets arrested goes into a freaking underground cage, put is put on a bus in like 30 minutes. What but the I, heck, man? Yeah, how does yeah. that translate to like two days? 
Yeah, well, okay. For the next 15 hours, we have to protect her. Do you have any sedatives? We'll just knock her out, right? That's 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 the way. We'll just knock her out. We'll, yes. we'll lock her in the bedroom. Like, nothing can happen to her. We'll keep Give her, her safe. Give her good night's sleep. Give her some air. Gotta go to a party. Nope, she's gotta go to the gala. Like, what, what gala? Yeah, it's like a big, it's like a big media thing. Party. Where there, there's donors and they have to schmooze and take press what? pictures. It's so ridiculous. It's a requirement. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, even if you're puking your guts out, you have to come to the gala. Get out of here. Look, it's a, it's look a man, you, you, you want to you be mission ready? Yeah, you got you got to go party the night before. Which the night is, before, yeah. the, no, no, I, I guess, no, it's the night before you go into, like, a, a, a quarantine, right? Because they said there's, like, a pre-flight quarantine for, like, a day or but two. Still. That that's That's where the time went, right? I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so we got to get to this gala, and we got to watch her. And hey, well, let's get the rest of my crew, and they'll help us watch her at this gala. All right, Ethan. Let's what? start another mission that oh, seems okay. impossible. Yeah, we'll talk about that. God. That's pretty much the Picard line until we reunite with the crew, right? There really wasn't much going on there. Right. So... <sighs> Okay, let's, we let's need just to do the, the Rios. Let's do the Rios. I, I want to do Rios. We can, we can just get, we can just like whip Okay, thank that. you. Because I wanted, thank you. I wanted to talk about him. Okay, so on the bus, right, from last time. Yeah, he's on the bus. And um, Rafi and Seven are still trying to figure out what they're going to do. And Rafi's like, well, let's just, you know, let's just do this. Let's just do that. And Seven's like, man, like, just chill. Like, slow down. Like, you're being reckless, man. Like, chill the heck out. And, uh, you know, and, and Rafi's like, you're being too careful. Like, things are gonna go sideways if we don't do, do something right now. Give me the tricorder. Give me the Samsung phone for crying out loud so I can do this EMP. And that's how we stopped the thing, which, that was telegraphed, like, a long time ago they were gonna do an EMP. Basically. I think it was. And, um, and there's another EMP to knock out the driver. Like, I don't yeah, know what was that? Exactly. <laughs> like the shockwave or something? I don't know. Okay, hand up. I have a question. Yes. Okay, here's my question, guys. So, EMP, I'm pretty sure, stands for electromagnetic pulse, right? Yes. So, I mean, I'm no engineer or anything, but... It's my understanding that EMP is supposed to, I don't know, take out electronics. So, can someone just help me and my feeble brain understand how we can use an EMP from this electronic device and it not knock out the tricorder? It's shielded. Hmm. Yes. Just that like our, com our com badges and our and our train that we can use to transport later, right? Those are those are shielded. Primitive Thank technology you. in 2024, man, so it's not shielded, you know? Shielding. See, Eric, this is why you're my number one. You have the answers when I don't. Appreciate you, bud. But yeah, Rios is on the bus. He's like, hey, in Spanish, hey, watch out. Yeah. I think, don't do anything stupid. I think my friends have already got that covered. <laughs> you be ready. You, you be, be ready. ready. 
And then you got like knockout, creepy mustache, twirly ice dude, right? And then everyone, there's Seven and Rafi come to save the day. And they just free everyone on the bus. Cause we shall be free. Why not? Because of course, every single person in ice custody is just an innocent person that was picked on that should just be let free to go back into our society. You know, none of those people are could possibly be criminals. None of those people could possibly be bad people. No, none of those people deserve to be deported for whatever reason. They should just, they're all innocent victims of the evil ICE organization that wants to just disappear people because why not? Because ICE is so evil and we should just let all of those people go back into society. Be free. Go. Do whatever you want to. Y'all in Listenerland, I wish y'all could have seen what David was doing. Like just bobbing around, like tossing his head back and forth. It was it was quite amusing while Eric was having his little soapbox moment. I mean, uh, this is just like more propaganda, right? I mean, for a federal agency, ICE does sound pretty evil. I'm not gonna lie about that. Like, what do you work for? I work for ICE. I don't know, like ATF, man. ATF sounds pretty pretty baller. Well, yeah, it sounds cool. ATF, but ICE. You, you, you constantly just have to click your teeth at everybody, you know, just, just like Iceman and Top Gun. No, but does no one agree with my assessment of this? Look, we, we talked about it last yeah. week, though. I mean, it, it's, it's a very, it's a clear, a clear, uh, uh, I, I can't think of the word off the top of my head, but it, it's, it's a denigration of what, has been sort of the narrative behind that agency and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean it's it's been very clear. It, it was very heavy-handed in the first two episodes. Kind of, you know, wound down. Obviously, now they kind of made the point, but yeah, I, I mean you you never know. There there are bad eggs in every in every basket. It doesn't matter what the basket is. True. Yeah, but True. then also. We spent three episodes, parts of three episodes on this storyline. For what reason? Like, what is the what is the reason for this Ooh. other than to make a political statement? I know. Is this going to have any impact on the storyline at all? It or were our writers and producers just trying to make a political statement? No, 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 no. There was a reason, Eric. You ready for this? Yes. The reason was, well, there's two reasons. One, the plot demands it. And two... Number two, the most important reason, we got Elnor back for like a split second. That was yeah. the whole reason for this. Evan Evagora had to get his paycheck. Well, he's listed in the opening credits again. Darn paycheck, right he was. buddy. Let's go. If I need to put my ears on and run out of a bus. Let's do this, baby. I'm, I'm here. But like, I'm here for like, it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in episode three, when we get back to the past, the three of them, Seven, Rafi, and Rio, set out to go looking for the Watcher, right? That's why they left the La Serena. But nothing about their storyline involved actually looking for the Watcher. It was then, oh, Picard went out and looked for her. So this, their entire storyline was like a side mission that literally well, it, has nothing, like, has no relevance to the plot. Well, no, no, here's the thing. They, they, yes, you're right. They did go out looking for the Watcher, but it got derailed. It got 
tweaked because of what happened to Rios. That's why. That's why they had to stop looking for the Watcher because, like... Yeah, but why? Did... Why did they have to get derailed? Like, what was the purpose? What was the reason for this storyline other than a political statement by, I mean, by sure. the producers? Sure. I mean, yeah, like, sure, there's, like, there's a other message than to, that's... Other than to fill up time, right? To f- create fill space. Well, that, that and you give <clears throat> each person in that, you know, in the cast something, something to do. As if they're all not, looking, if they all find the watcher at the same point. It's not interesting at all. Like, give them something interesting to do then. Because we spent parts of three episodes on this. And I'm just like, nothing. I don't think we're going to mention this at all the rest of the way here. It's just going to be well, dropped like that. Well, here in the frustrating part is, and I'll, I'll say this and like, let's keep on trucking. But like, the frustrating thing is that we knew that Rios was going to get out of this this scrape before this series even, this season ever premiered because part of the trailer was seeing him getting busted out of a bus. So there, there, were, there were no stakes. There were no stakes with, with Rios because we already knew the outcome of what was going to happen to the dude before the season even premiered. I don't remember that part of the trailer. I remember the part of the trailer with him taking the mugshot, but I didn't remember the part of the trailer with him getting busted out of the bus. Yep. Yep. So everyone's freed. Rafi has a moment thinking she sees um, Elnor, and that's basically it for their storyline. Like they get eventually beamed back to the ship. Um, but before that happens, you know, we're gonna talk about Jurati real quick. Yeah, and the board queen. Yeah. So. So with that particular storyline, um, we we come into the Boar Queen try like you know all quiet and like or not quiet like trying to get some noise or whatever because she can't she's lonely. So she's like spying, you know, she's wiretapping people's airwaves or whatever, and um, you know pretend or trying to at least, um, and she imitates all these voices and stuff like that, and finally does Rios's and. Um, ends up calling the police to come check out the vineyard and just to get a dude there and I don't know if it was her directly or if it was a power thing but after he goes in to and like completely misses Gerardi which I guess that's good yeah and I mean was the fire still lit because you think he would have been able to like you know walk in and see the fire or smell smell the smell the smoke or the something yeah, we ha- we've all been camping enough to know that you can still smell a, a campfire, a fireplace, or whatever, long after it goes out. This part of the story, I thought, was like the the absolute weakest, most c- convenient thing. <clears throat> because, yeah, okay, so, you know, she's asleep on the couch. Okay, miss her, but y- you don't realize that there was a fire going Hey, by the way, we're going to leave a shotgun on a mantelpiece in France at that time. Sorry. Don't think so. Oh, and by the way, it also has shells, too. Conveniently. Uh, the guy somehow finds his way into the cloaked ship, right? Yeah, because well, he sees it, like, flickering because it's, like, not at full power. How does he get in? How does he get into it? 
Uh, you know, we didn't set up any precautions against the Borg Queen, who is literally part technological. We didn't think about, like, you know, locking out voice print, because maybe she could do that, or... It, it's clear she's tap, still tapping into the ship. You didn't think about, like, completely disconnecting her or whatever. It, it's, it's like, a mixture of laziness and, and just convenience. Um, and, like, the thing is... I actually kind of like Girati in this season. There's there's something about it that I'm I'm not I, I don't hate at all uh, because Girati in in last season I wasn't necessarily all that sold on to be honest. But like now I'm like okay this is this is kind of fascinating. But it was just so convenient and it, yeah. it just it felt a little lazy for that one particular piece. Sure. Yeah. 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 And like I don't, what like when the cop comes in there and sees her, she's like, "Was she planning?" Well, like, I don't know. First of all, what that tentacle thing that came off the back like that's new. Ew. That's something we've never seen before. But like, it looked like she was gonna like impale him with it. That's what you thought originally. Like I don't know, but it looked kind of looked like one of the things in the first episode that shot yep. off from the yep. board queen's back. And like tapped into the computers on the stargazer, but like, and then I don't know. She just like uses it to like choke the guy and hold him hostage instead of like I, assimilate him. Yeah, I thought like with the way that they did that shot, you know, like the the tentacle, the thing, whatever it is, lunges at him. I thought that was going to be like just let's inject some nanites and let's let's you know assimilate you like right there on the spot. And then, like, it cuts to, like, you know, the next time they come back and Jurati's like, oh, shoot, something's going down. Yeah, she hears the Borg Queen's voice in her head because mm-hmm. they connected to each other. Right. Like, was, was it in her head? I thought it was. I thought it was. Okay. I, I For some reason, I took it, like, almost like she had, like, shipboard loudspeaker on or something like that. But anyway, I might have well, just To me, it I thought it was way. in her head because the two of them hooked up to each other literally yeah they hooked mm. up maybe yeah they did mm. so, yeah. so there's some of those this, vibes out there there really were yeah so, so grabs this 80 some odd year old short barrel shotgun from the mantle that has shells in it that that work still yeah goes in and sees the the queen strangling this dude and the queen says I want you but this guy will will suffice if I can't have you. Weird vibes, man. You can't be with the one you love. Love the one you're with. <laughs> Please stop it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. The board queen is, like, antagonizing. We're alike. We belong together. You're so lonely. And I'm the only one who gets you. Like... Real seductive, like. Yeah, I was getting like some Mariah Carey vibes, like with the whole "We Belong Together" song from like back in the day. <laughs> I mean, that's a yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing right there. Like, You're I'm welcome. nothing. I'm nothing like you. Boom. <laughs> this is this though is kind of what I was trying to get out last last time. 
I, I just, you know, we've seen a couple of Borg queens. We've seen the Borg, right? There's a mindset. There's a shared hive mind mindset. And like, while, you know, first contact queen did get a little, little seductive with data. It just, I don't know the, the, the vibe itself just doesn't match. Like this, this particular queen just is like amped up on, on an entirely different level. And it just, I, I, I don't, I guess I just don't get it. It's not my favorite. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Annie Wershing talked about this in the ready room episode, how she was trying to be like seductive. That was how she was trying to play it. But, but if she, if she has a capability to like literally call people to her, wouldn't you think a typical board queen would just try and effectively get drones now? Because here's the thing, if she wants, if she wants Jurati, make a few drones and then just take her. Yeah. Assimilator, yeah. make her, make her a part of your own collective. Like my thing is when she started doing this and starting to call people in, I was like, oh, so she's going to effectively do a first contact and they're, they're going to build a hive or they're, they're going to build their own little collective right here. And this is going to be another problem that you have to deal with. And then the queen actually has bargaining power now because she has actual physical power at this point. Sure. Don't like it, but that would make it more compelling. Yeah. Well, because you still need her to go home. Yeah. Right. Well, but, so, you know, after we shoot her, right? Cue up, cue up a scene later, everyone transports back to the ship. Agnes is covered in blood. Don't worry, it's not mine, but I don't think we can get home anymore. This is a fundamental lack of knowledge about how shotguns work, though. Yes, I know. Anyway, I won't <laughs> dive into that, but... Hollywood. Well, I mean, you see some movies where people just walk into a room and they shoot indiscriminately and it blasts everything in like a 20-foot radius. I love Buckshot. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Not my blood. And uh, do we want do we want to just go there? Or do we yeah, want to say that? Yeah, let's just finish up this scene yeah. and let's hold all the other stuff. Finish it. And uh, it's... Oh, okay. Do we need to talk about the, the plan as well? Or since we have the whole crew back together? Or well, I mean, I the whole crew gets yeah. back together like... Hey, yeah, my crew can be trusted. Of course they can. When Picard and the Watcher blew mist into what? the ship, why what, is are that they them carrying, carrying a, a dead, dead body? Yeah, I'm I sure he's was, not dead. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. I thought it was, was kind of funny too. I that that was good. No, oh, I'm sure there's a very good reason for that. Uh huh. And then, and then I love this scene where like Rafi and Picard are walking. It's like, are we gonna talk about no? Like, but does she look just like I know? It's like, yeah. doesn't that seem a little yes? <laughs> this felt so much I, I don't know if either you watch NCIS but That just yeah, felt like yeah. Gibbs right Where it was like the one word answer And he yeah. just like knows what they're gonna say And he just cuts them Indeed. off <laughs> He's like, yeah, like oh, yeah. getting Mark Harmon Gibbs vibes there Like yep. isn't that Yes You wanna talk about it? No Isn't yeah. it creepy? Yes <laughs> Yeah okay, a little Ziva picking on Gibbs It's good yeah. Good honest <laughs> sitcom fun so we, we we figure out what's going on and like, oh yeah, the spleen's over there, whatever type of thing. 
No big deal. It's so nonchalant. Yeah, the spleen's over there. It's fine. Um, I'm gonna have to erase his memory, but hey, it's it's fine. Um, so anyway, we're we're back. We're back in the 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 chateau, um, the very dilapidated chateau, with another fire in the fireplace, saying we gotta we gotta do this. We gotta save this ancestor. We gotta get to this party. But oh, by the way, here are the rules of the party. Um, we have like some super crazy big brother tech that's going to really be keeping an eye on things. So only one of us can really get in there, do the thing to be able for us to be able to do even more things. So yeah, because the security is air gapped, we have to physically be there on site to, to yeah. put us in the system. So facial recognition won't set off the alarms. So, um, who would be the, the right person to do that? Um, Rafi, you know, with intelligence? No. Um, the ranger, former Borg themselves? Seven? No. Um, anyone take any antique computing classes? Or, like or even Rios, who's a Starfleet captain now. There we go. <laughs> like, no, like, not You want to send Rios. the roboticist? And I just love that Rios is like, what do you mean, not the ex-spy or the ranger? <laughs> well, I mean, Dry's like, Dry's like, dude, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like me. <laughs> I, I like that part, but yeah, I mean, it, the 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 plan was to have the most obvious person who would totally, you know, get caught and then be put into the security room. So it's it's smart, but it's also yeah, you know, know. kind of ridiculous. I have a plan. Finally, yep. for and the I, first and, time. And I totally feel like there was some some Mission Impossible music being played in this scene here. <laughs> I mean, just name them off. Ocean's 11, 12, 13, like, 14. Like, this, is, this is like, for me, like, when Picard says, I have a plan, roll credits, as far as I'm concerned. Like, to me... That's the end of the episode, right? There it should have been, in my opinion. Like, I have a plan. Boom. Credits. But this show is just trying to do these cliffhangers. Like, every episode has to end on some cliffhanger, which is really getting annoying to me a little bit. I mean, I have a plan would be a bit of a cliffhanger, though. No, but it's still... It's not, not, not really. It's like, okay, this is what we're going to do next episode. I have a plan. Boom. The following takes place on April 13th, 2024, two days before the Europa mission launch. Events occur in real time. That's right. I do agree with you, though. I think, I think that that would have been like an appropriate, an appropriate stopping point because then the stopping point... just didn't really I was actually surprised that it ended when it ended mm. I mean it like, was I a thought short we were episode get more. I don't I just feel like all of the actual like Ocean's Eleven Mission Impossible whatever spy stuff that should be its own episode as far as I'm concerned like all of every part of that should just be one episode you instead know of like taking this first part and putting it tacking it on t- 
It's just because there's so much happened in this episode. I mean, we talked about how Discovery just, like, jam-packs their episodes just so full of stuff. And we're like, this could be three or four episodes. Well, I feel like this is, like, way too much stuff in this one episode here. You know what I'm concerned about? And I hope and it was I'm the pr- shortest episode of the season, too. 41 minutes, yeah. I, like, I, I really hope I'm proved wrong on this, but... With, with next week, not to not to get too far ahead, but like with next week potentially being, like, truly like an Ocean's Eleven type of episode or whatever, I'm very concerned that we're going to have more Stardust City Rag type type of of cinematics. You know what I'm saying? Like type of like layout and structure, or whatever. I'm just I'm just worried that's going to yeah. be almost a carbon copy of it. And Jonathan Frakes directed Stardust City Rag. He directed this episode. He's directing next week's episode. Yep. He might be right. I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. Please let me be wrong. Do, do you no. think we'll get the scene where they all like arrive at the party in like their dress clothes, and you get a slow mo as Picard's like doing up his. His, his sleeves links. and his cufflinks, you know, and we get like a slow mo down on everyone as they sort of come in to the party. Or we get a, a close up scene of him tying his bow tie in the mirror. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, buddy. What was the name of that Deep Space Nine episode? I was they, just thinking about which that. One? Where they all get, where they all got dressed up. Um, they, they were trying bada to say bing bada bang. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I li- I like that episode. That, yeah, that a good episode. I mean, it's yeah, a season it's seven those, episode. It's one of those like only D Space Nine could ever pull off this episode. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we're not on duty anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but like I guess, yeah, the plan, right? Don't send in the spy or the ranger or the Starfleet captain. Send in the roboticist because she's the one that's going to stand out and get captured because that was the plan because now she's in the control room, right? Which is where they need her to be. And that was the easiest way to get her there was to get caught. I just want to know something. Another question. This is me thinking. I'm sorry. I do thinking on a Star Trek show sometime. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't like almost all the systems like I don't know down on the La Serena. So they keep saying. So, where did they just I don't know come up with a random red cocktail dress for Girati? Like if the replicators or whatever are down, because I'm 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 willing to bet a butter buck or six donuts that there was not a red cocktail dress hanging up in someone's locker. Well, they went the through. They went through the blue smoke, back to not Laris's apartment, and she's like, "Listen, go look through my closet and pick out something nice and elegant." <laughs> Do you think not Laris is just attending a bunch of Earth cocktail parties? <laughs> she watches. She eats Cheerios and watches people in therapy for crying out loud. <sighs> Get a little creepy. I watch. I watch things. Hey. That was a good therapy session. Mm-hmm. It's like if if they do finally meet, I've been watching you for twenty four years. You you've been what? What have you been doing? Uh, nothing. Nothing well, at all. It's like the freaking like, Truman Show, man. 
No, but and and it's like the same idea. You see a TV show. It's like, oh, there's a Halloween party. I'll I'll invite you to it, and then everyone in like no time flat has the most elaborate Halloween costumes ever. Yep. All right. So All right, the, the big reveal at the end. The big reveal at the end is that Agnes didn't just kill the Borg Queen, but uh, she got assimilated. Right, the Borg Queen stuck her assimilation tubules into oh her my. face and neck. Oh my. And you know, things didn't pop out of Gerardi's face, but you've got to assume there's some nanites in there now. Yeah. Yep. She'll never be alone. Nope, she's died of dysentery. Freaking Oregon Trail in space, I'm just saying. Alright, so that's it. Credits roll, and they all live happily ever after until next week. So, we have one other bit that we need to talk about, and that's the Twitter, but I'm kidding. We need to talk about uh, freaking um, the the Soong of it all. Of stuffs. Hey, Brent Spiner is back. As another Soong. And listen, mm-hmm. I know that like this is probably be the thing that I'll say, hate tweet me all you want for. I, this is getting old to me. Like, Brent Spiner playing another Dr. Soong. Like, hey, okay, I get it. He played Noonien Soong, the created data, because he made data and lore in his image. I got that. Right. That's fine. Okay, it was kind of neat when you did it in Enterprise 20 years ago almost, right? Mm-hmm. In season four, and he came back for three episodes as as a Dr. Eric Soong. But, like, when they did it last season as Alton Soong, I was like, oh, that's kind of Eric and now here they're doing it now again. I'm like another song, crazy eccentric doctor played by. It's like I'm I'm over I'm over this. Like hate tweet me all you want on this one, but like I'm over this. So what it you're is, saying is it's too soon for soon. God, jeez. Oh, I'm I'm <laughs> over this this idea. Look, the the most interesting thing about this. The Soon line is the strongest, the absolute prime genetic makeup in the universe because they all look the exact same. That is an impossibility. It would never happen like that, but that is the strongest sequence of genes and DNA that the human race has ever created. I mean, listen, they recast Guinan last week, but it's fine. That was Guinan. So what? Like... It's like it's like the writers and producers are like, how are they gonna know it's a Sung Doctor if we don't cast Brent Spiner in the role? Well, just tell us this is a Sung Doctor, and we'll be like, okay, we will accept that. Like, I just I don't I'm I don't like this. Yeah, I don't why is mind it, why is just it re- being a Sung character? I'm fine with that, but just like I get it. Brent Spiner's awesome. We love Brent Spiner. He knows how to play the eccentric, kooky doctor, right? Like, mm-hmm. he did it in Independence Day, and it was Not fantastic, for, yeah. right? <laughs> he, hey, he got to come on here and drop an F-bomb. That was cool, right? <sighs> Thanks, David, for reminding us of that. You're welcome. You Appreciate are very you. welcome. Oh, by the way, his daughter looks awful familiar, too. Even her life sucks. Yep, we get the return of Issa Briones. Oh, look, I was getting worried about her. Like, I was getting worried about her just because, like, 
like she was in the initial credits and like I thought she's gonna be part of the main cast and we haven't seen her since episode one. Basically at, a cameo in episode one. Yeah, like mm-hmm. hanging out with some Deltons, man. Doing like a little apology tour of sorts, you know? And everyone else got to go to the Stargazer party but her. But anyway, Dr. Adam's song is trying to like get funding so he can continue his genetics research because his daughter has some incurable disease, but we revoke your license. We revoke your funding. You cannot do any more experiments on genetics. So that's the thing that I'm a little concerned about. Not concerned, that I just have questions about. So... My Okay, so my license... Just, just follow me for a second here. My license is with the state of Texas in like a specific, you know, board, council, whatever, with the state of Texas. My research is done through an institution or some other organization that I apply to. How on God's green earth does a license get revoked and research get invoked or revoked in one instance by one board? It can't. It's just convenience. Yeah. For television. Now, if I were doing research for the state of Texas and, like, the board that I get my license through, that's a different story. But, like, like only that board can revoke my license, or the governor can revoke my license. Like, the university that I partner with to do whatever research I'm doing, they can put the kibosh on the research I'm doing. So, like, I had, I had issues with that just because I think about things from time to time. Yeah, it, it's, just, it's just for convenience say I mean so yeah like she's basically like a vampire right like the sun eats her and turns her blood toxic and stuff like that and kind of kind of weird but here's the thing like we had like a little bit of a hint of like the eugenics type stuff right from like the the 90s is when like the all the con stuff was supposed to be taking place like yeah, and so she says, like, the Shenzhen Convention, which you assume is, like, the after the eugenics wars was the thing that put the ban on further genetic experiments, right, to create that's augments. Right. You have to assume that's what that was. Yeah. Hey, but one thing I did take out of this is uh, 2024 is going to be lit, man. I mean, look, look at the technology that they're coming out of here. You know, oh he, he's gosh. he's got like an entire ray shield umbrella thing going on. It's well, those, like, did those ray shield things remind you of like the yes, shield over the yep. earth in yes, the yeah, future? Exactly. And and this this is something that I'm I'm very sort of subtly overthinking about. There are a lot of similarities that keep cropping up, and like you know, like Rafi's now having random Elnor hallucinations and so forth and like do you ever wonder if any of this is actually happening at all that they're like just going to do a Dallas and it's all going to be a dream yeah the butterfly we're constantly butterfly butterfly butter it's like a it's like a trigger word it's like eventually if you say butterfly 200 times they're going to come out of it or something like that it, it either feels like somebody's trying to be way too clever and isn't actually clever, or 
they're trying to attempt to be clever to put this together to where it's just some sort of like, oh, hey, Picard, uh, I thought I'd just kidnap you and put you in a simulation and see what you did. Did you enjoy yourself? Q. I mean, the that, thought that has sounds, crossed my that mind. That sounds dumb. Oh, no, it sounds terrible. I'm just saying it's like there's so many... There's so many just random, like, again, like you just pointed out, Soon's like, uh, whatever the hell this umbrella thing is, looks way too similar to the, uh, the earth shielding thing that they had in the future. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, even that seems really convenient to have in 2024, but whatever. Like I said, 2024 is going to be sick if we've got that, but it, it just it just it's it's marching to the beat of a drum that is just almost unbelievable at times and the other part is is we're we're really close to 2024 unlike say doing something in the 60s and then trying to predict what's going to happen in the 90s you know 20 30 years in the in your future but now we're we're talking about 4 years in our well 2 years excuse me it's not 2020 2022, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about very near future here for us. Right. Now we do have drones, but like, do we have the capability of doing like that kind of thing? You know what I'm saying? Well, you don't know what Steve Jobs is dead, right? But you don't know what those people and <laughs> the Elon Musk, he could, he could have some shield, sun umbrella shield. You don't know. Sure. Sure. It's definitely possible. I wouldn't doubt it. It just, I don't know that all this constant butterfly crap, which I, I went over that whole story, like episode one, I feel like I'm going nuts. Like we're all just going to, you know, just at the end of this, we're going to pop out of a simulation. I'm not going to be happy if that's the case. I don't think we will, but I mean, I just, I wouldn't be happy with that. No, but okay. But basically what happens here next is the plot of Star Trek Into Darkness, right? You've got Magic some blood. guy. What? Magic blood. You've got some guy who has a sick daughter. He can't cure her. So somebody comes to her and says, I've got the magic potion to to help cure your daughter, but I'll give it to you and I'll prove it works. But once I prove it works, you got to do something for me. Yeah, it's Khan's magic blood. Spoilers, spoiler alert. Right. I mean, whatever. Like, so... He well, gets not a, in this show. We he think, gets a um, mysterious message. Check your 3D printer, and it prints Q's card. He's like, Q? What's that? Okay. So, hold on. So, I got something for y'all. You ready for this? The card had some numbers on it. Yeah, the phone 623 Did you call it? Hello. Right. You have reached the Q Continuum. We are unable to get to the phone right now because we are busy living in a plane of existence your feeble mortal minds cannot possibly comprehend. Furthermore, it's pointless to leave a message because we, of course, already knew that you would call and we simply do not care. Have a nice day. (laughs) That's actually pretty good. That's fun. (laughs) There you go. So, yeah, if you... you so what I did was like I, I saw that and I'm like that looks like a QR code like and like you know it's Q so like <laughs> maybe that's a QR code so like I got my camera out my phone my phone out to try and scan it as a QR code didn't work so I, I saw like okay well you know it's 
it looks like a phone number that would actually work. So like I called it and that's what I got like this, this morning whenever I was watching the episode and I thought I'd save that and play it for y'all tonight. That's fun. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But they go, they have a meeting in 17 seconds. You will sit down in this chair and you will have a conversation with me. I count. It was 20 seconds, but that's (laughs) math. Look at that. Eric's still doing math. Yeah, and Q gives his little speech like, you know, I'll help you, you know, but you got to help me, like, you know, eventually. And, like, who are you? I'm just a guy. The destroyer of worlds. I'm. He says I'm, like, cosmic something or other. I forget all his words. Stardust. Very, cosmic yeah. stardust, right? And he's like, I'm death. The destroyer of worlds. Very ominous. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if I brought it up last time or not, but has the thought crossed anyone's mind if we have two cues in play? Yeah, you said that yeah, last said week. That. Are there two of them? I just don't see that as being a possibility because they're non-linear, but we've had those conversations before. It's very wibbly wobbly with time. Yeah, but, but if we're in different universes... Are there the Q in our universe and the Q in a different universe? Or is there just one Q for all the universes? This is the exact argument that we had during CODA because I believe mm-hmm. in fixed like fixed entities in time like the Guardian of Forever, like the Wormhole Aliens, like the Q Continuum. Yeah. They live outside of linear time and space and multi-dimension. Okay. Yeah. So you're interested there's only one Continuum. There can only be one. Yeah. Okay. You know, so Q gives them like a little medicine and it works for a little while. And then they have another meeting and says, give me the real thing. Give me all of it. If you can really do this, I'll be your slave. And Q's like, we're all slaves to what we love. Unless you don't love anything. But how terrible would that be? That That's a really interesting line, though. I really mm-hmm. thought about that for a while because... It, it kind of makes it seem like is is Q either fighting for something, trying to impress someone, you know? Is this is this like some larger grand Q schemey thing for his own sort of ends? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm thinking about what Q's doing in this episode, and like this does not this seems so out of character for Q because. Q is he's a trickster, he's a gamer. Game, plays games and jokes. But this he's like channel. he's like outright villainy right in this episode. Like he he's meddling. He's literally meddling. He's he's being a villain. He's corrupting time. But that's like not what Q ever did. Q would like test people in like <coughs> games. But this doesn't feel like he's just setting up a scenario and saying, "Okay, here's the scenario." Now you go and you do it. He's like literally interfering. And it it's, feels so out of character for the cue that we know. Or the yeah. cue that I know. Yeah, I don't know if I mean, anybody I mean, I, else thought that way or not. No, and that that's... I, I think you're, you're probably right there. But that kind of goes back to something, you know, we had talked about, I don't know, a couple episodes ago. Where let's just... Let's just say 
there, there's a supposition that Q is possibly sick, dying, non-eternal. At this point, he's towards the end. And what if he yeah. is trying to test his replacement? And this is the last-ditch effort. This is like the Kobayashi Maru for the next Q type of thing. And does he then pass that on to somebody, you know, so like is a he, Picard? Is he, yeah, is he trying to groom Picard to, like, become a member of the Q and take his place? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, Picard's effectively at the towards the end of his life, so there's no... There's no more playing with him at that point. He's his existence stops. So, does he the, want Picard's existence to stop from the linear the thing, standpoint? The thing, but the thing that I keep coming back to, and Dave, I know you don't watch it, um, but Eric, I know you've you've seen it. Um, the the episode of the Ready Room where we have um, John Delancey come on as a guest, right? He, in throughout the interview that he has with Will, he's saying like. I'm trying to help Picard. Like, I actually care about him. Like, my character cares about him. And I'm trying to legitimately help him. And, like, I hope, like, it, it's executed well. I, I'm hoping against hope on that. But, like, I just want to understand, like, how this meddling right now that we're talking about equates to what John Delancey's saying about the character of Q in this season. Yeah. Like, how is the meddling really helping Picard? And, and and Q also said, like, Picard is the reason why the change in the timeline happened, right? He said, he said, show them a world of their own making and they blame you. Like, he's saying, like, you caused this to happen. But that's, like, not what we're seeing. We're seeing, like, Q is, like, seems like he's responsible for the changes here with all of his little meddling. And how, yeah, how is to- this helping Picard? I'm about to give David a headache because of a time travel thing I'm about to ask, but like to that point, could the test have like even ended right then and there with like the Confederation timeline is by getting involved the thing that's causing the Confederation to actually be a thing. What do you mean by that exactly? You give them a world of their own making and you ask them, you know, whatever. So, like, they've, they came up, like, with this whole scheme of we got to go back in time. We have to fix time. Time's been broken, whatever. Is by them even going back in time now, right where we're at in, in this, in this story, is this the thing that's actually causing the Confederation timeline as opposed to the true Federation timeline? So what were they supposed to do? Just stay in that confederation and do nothing and then cue him like okay i'm just i'm just didn't do anything here. and now I'll, now I'll snap you back i'm just i'm just i don't know i'm just thinking out loud here man that's that's too meta man i don't think they're clever enough to pull that off i mean what what what's what's the payoff then I, I don't know. I, I think personally, Picard's not a simple guy. He, he's, he's not somebody who thrives on, on a simplistic life. It's the same thing with like with Kirk. When, you know when he was in the Nexus and he's like living on the ranch and everything and he's reliving all these memories. 
Kirk wasn't a standstill person either. You know, and I think I think when Q shows up and Picard he gives Picard these sort of like brain teasers, it's almost like some twisted gift to Picard saying, I know you secretly like this, and this is like the last one. You know, this is the last gift that I can give to you, the last brain puzzle I can give to you. Better solve it. There's real stakes here for everything. Yeah, but this also doesn't seem like... Okay, maybe it's a game or a brain teaser, but it doesn't seem like part of the trial, right? Sure. Like, he's like, the trial never ends. But, like, I don't see how this works into what we know about the trial, like, in any way of the two the two episodes where we saw it. It just feels... Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's fitting into that. Other than... I mean, maybe the, the obvious, which is, you know, what we heard at Encounter at Farpoint, grievously savage race. And this is a time period when, like, our decisions as a society are going to truly show us as a grievously savage race based on the outcome that we saw in the Confederation timeline. So do we want to prove Q right that we really are a grievously savage race and that that's all we're going to amount to be in terms of like the path that we continue on down. I'm just spitballing here. I don't think it has anything to do with the human race at all though. Q's nonlinear. He can just go forward. He can see what they've become or what the human race has become. I've always thought that this has just been solely about Picard. I don't think it, I don't think it's a, I think trial is just a word that's being used, but a trial can be used in a couple of different ways, right? Like a criminal trial, but a trial you go through personally as well. Challenges, trials. I don't think it has anything to do with the trial in the human race. I think it's actually challenges set out for Picard, for something, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Again, could be wrong, but like we could all be I, wrong. I, but but I, I I get I get where you're coming from, Eric. Though I mean, it, it is it's it's like when does the pin drop? You know, when when does the tweedly mustache you know go away? And like, what's the point? I just hope again. I hope that they're clever enough to give us like some sort of satisfactory ending to this whatever this is that they're trying to concoct. see we're halfway through we're gonna start to roll downhill hopefully it's right. a smooth roll so i mean we good yeah we're, i'm good yeah. okay all right any final final words final thoughts no all right so let's let's move right into the evaluation portion of this of this episode so um this is your first time listening. We're going to rate this um, episode on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. So I think I started with David last time, and I will not do it again this time. Let's go with Eric. What do you got? How would you rate this this episode, Eric? Uh, well, this episode is definitely not a filler episode like we got the last two weeks. Like, last two weeks, we're just we're spinning our wheels. We could have got there faster. We got a lot of information given to us in this episode a lot of information 
this was a, basically an information dump episode. It it had, despite being the shortest episode of the season, there was entirely too much going on. Like this is this this is not one episode. There's like four plot lines running through this thing. Like I mean, this that there's too much too much going on. Um, and I, I just. I'm glad that we're getting answers. We're finally like it feels like we're finally into the story right now. But like this was not a great episode. It was just like way too much stuff. Way too much just exposition dump. And then I don't know. It this is a hard episode to rate because like I didn't really enjoy it but it's got I gotta rate it better than last week because last week was just a filler episode and just like really not important like in the grand scheme of things you could have taken episodes three and four and made them one episode like that's and but like so it's better than last week's episode but like I don't know how much better it is because I didn't really enjoy this episode. I really didn't. Um, I'll just give it a seven and say hopefully some of this information has good payoff and the good story because I, I just I just wasn't really a fan of this episode. Okay. How about you, David? How would you rate it? Um. So. Yeah, it, it tried to it tried to smack a lot of things together. Um, that I I don't know in totality if it works. It, it's kind of like like what Eric said. You you had two kind of filler episodes where you could have had one episode encompassing two, and then used two episodes to kind of flesh this out a little bit more. So I don't necessarily know if the planning for the, you know, the, the actual storyboarding for this was very efficient. Um, it, it, it had some better moments in it than I think the last two episodes, and at least it did kind of move things along a little bit. I think what will be crucial is, is really the payoff, you know, and that, that seems to be a, a big symptom of like the modern Star Trek, you know, like with Discovery and so forth. It's all about the payoff. And if the big payoff isn't big enough or not good enough, then it really kind of diminishes all the other episodes that that were before it. So I, I think that this is kind of one of those pivot points where it could possibly potentially be rated a little higher later on, depending on the payoff. Like, do we see something that that harkens back to what we're seeing now that makes this more impactful and thusly makes it more interesting and thusly potentially has a better rating. I don't really know. I'm, I'm not sure. Mine goes in a couple of different ways for what we could be doing here. Um, but I will say a couple of things. I'm not really a fan of this Borg Queen. I, I don't really get the portrayal as much. Um, Throwing more more soons in the universe, the strongest genetics known to man, the, the absolute world champs of genetics here, is a bit meh. 
and and we continue to kind of just try and stuff Star Trek into Star Trek as opposed to just letting it be its thing. And look, I almost laughed when we had the Italian job, Mission Impossible, Oceans, whatever number after it, sequence towards the end where it's like, this is, this is, what? What the, I mean, what is this, this spy game stuff? Like I'm thinking back to when I was a little kid with my little spy kit, my invisible ink paper and, you know, the little infrared glasses that weren't actually infrared glasses. They were just 3D crappy glasses. So that seemed a little bit just oddball to me. Um, so, uh, Eric, you said you gave it a seven. Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm thinking just slightly higher. Like it, it's not it's not terrible, but I, I will also put in this because I think we've talked about it here and there. I wasn't wholeheartedly invested in the watch, and I even watched it twice this time, and I just wasn't like wholeheartedly engaged either. So I, I, th- I think I'm gonna do a seven point three. Okay. So I feel stuck. Um, there was there was a part of this episode that just. I I don't know if saying unforgivable is just too harsh, but I kind of want to say it. For, um, like, I don't want to give it higher than what I gave last week. Um, but I just... Look, y'all, we have, we've talked about this on virtually every discussion that we've had of any of the Star Trek shows that we've watched together about let's shoot the things and not talk about it like let's just like blow crap up and not talk about it like let's not try and come to really any peaceful resolution now this season has been doing a much better job than other series so far okay like case in point with Stargazer uh Observation Lounge, okay? Case in point with even standing around and talking um, on the La Serena just after Elnor dies, okay? The, The biggest issue that I have with this episode is just straight up cold-blooded murder of of the police officer. I have problems with that. Just shooting the dude and like it's just like an afterthought essentially. So that's really the biggest issue that I have and why I don't want to give it a higher rating than what I gave last week. Um, was it a pretty decent episode? It was all right. Uh, were there several deep cuts? Yeah, there were. Uh, was some stuff kind of convenient? Yeah, it was. Could we have condensed some stuff from two or three episodes into one? Yeah. From previous episodes? Yeah, we could. Last week, I gave Watcher a 6.9, and I came in wanting to give this episode a little bit lower than Watcher, somewhat lower than Watcher, but I don't know if I can just because of where this this story is at or what it's doing, so 
I guess just for the heck of it, like I'm giving a like a 6.9 again, but with prejudice. I just, I, I just, I hated it, y'all. Like, I just, like, I, I had to pause the episode and just, like, walk away for a few minutes after, you know, the reveal of, like, bloody shotgun-wielding Jurati. Like, I just, I didn't have a problem with her carrying the shotgun, right? Like, it was just, like, the straight-up, I shot her. And, like, there's blood everywhere, and, like, I killed the dude, and his spleen's over there. Like, I just, I had to walk away. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And maybe I'm overreacting. I don't know, but like that's just where I'm at. So I'm getting it a, a 6.9 again. So um, overall, the average rating between us, um, rounding it up, it's a 7.1 for for this week. So there we go. All right. Well, on a more cheery note, we're gonna get to uh, the more important part of the show, and that is. The Twitter poll. So as David may have alluded at some point, at some point in time, um, you know, the, the name of this episode was called uh, Fly Me to the Moon, which, you know, we is a pretty popular Frank Sinatra song. Um, so with that, I'm like, you know what, let's do something with that. So I polled the people of the Twitter. And I asked them this. With the newest Star Trek Picard episode title being what it is, which Frank Sinatra song do you find yourself enjoying the most? And the choices were My Way, New York, New York, Come Fly With Me, or That's Life. Now David was starting to give me like a little bit of crap. He's like, my favorite song wasn't on there. Rah! What's your favorite song, David? The Way You Look Tonight. Okay, I thought about putting that on there. I thought about it. So Yeah, that's a good one. I also thought about putting, you know, love and marriage, but I think that would hit too close to married with children. The the, the girl from Ipanema. There you go. So anyway, yeah. So newest with the episode title being what it is, which Frank Sinatra song do you find yourself enjoying the most? My way, New York, New York, come fly with me, or that's life. What do you pick in here? Of those choices, I would say, uh, come fly with me. Okay. All right. How about you, David? Who are they again, Chase? My way, New York, New York, come fly with me, or that's life. Man, my way's pretty good. Yeah, I might do my way. Yeah. My, my way is my personal favorite Frank Sinatra song. Um, which I don't vote in these things, but, um, because I get to pick the random, the random choices. So, all right, let's let's go to the results, if we will. So, coming in in last place, fourth place with zero percent of the vote, New York, New York, or a theme from New York, New York. Okay. In a two-way tie, by the way, with thirty point eight percent of the vote. We have That's Life and My Way. So that means in first place with 38.5% of the vote, it's Come Fly With Me. Eric, yeah, you're two baby. for two. I know, the last two weeks. Look at you go, bud. I know. 
man. So that's it, man. That's that's the show. That's all we got. And uh, we are now halfway through this uh, this second season of Picard, and who knows what the next five episodes are going to have in store for us. But goodness, man, goodness, 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 goodness. It's I can't believe that we're we're halfway through and. I, I was saying, like, man, I really hope we're back in the 25th century by the time, you know, we get to the end of, you know, um, episode seven. But pff, yeah, that ain't going to happen. No, that ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to take another three episodes just for us to get Gerardi out of the, you know, room that she's in. Right. And, and Hopefully we have to that's see that's just one episode. We hope it's one, but it's going to take three, right? Um, there, there's got to be a gratuitous, you know, um, scene of her, you know, running on top of cars in her red cocktail dress. We know that's coming. So that's probably going to be like episode nine, I'm guessing. Did I say that out loud? I mean, did I make a funny? I think I made a funny there for a second. Oh, my gosh. Eric's Eric's giggling like a little schoolgirl right now. I love it. Oh, man. No laughing, Eric. This is a no fun zone, bud. No fun zone. All right, let's... Yeah, there it is. There it is. That's right. Purse those lips. Frown. That's right. Frown harder. You're not frowning hard enough. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, guys, thank you so much for, for the robust discussion that we had on um, on this episode of Picard. I always appreciate having my friends on and have a little chit-chat about nerd stuff. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for that, guys. Um, for everyone out there in Listerland, what'd you think? What'd you think? Are you with me? Did you not really dig the shotgun to the board queen and the police officer? Or, you know, was this a perfect 10 for you? Uh, we'd love to hear hear your thoughts about this episode, What you're th- just what you're thinking about the series in general so far, now that we're halfway through. Goodness. Um, let us know. Like, there are different ways that you can get in contact with us, different ways that you can learn about us. Uh, TRTVPod.com is one way. I uh, can even make a show suggestion there. Learn more about us. Learn ways to support the show. A couple ways you can support the show is, of course, telling your friends about it. Um, liking us on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, um, all at TRTVPod. Um, and um, apart from, like, you know, taking someone's phone or tablet and just, like, subscribing them to the show, you can also um, financially support with some affordable tiers on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash these are the voyages. Now, if you do want to send us something, um, you can enter in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. Um, you can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before the queue say we already knew what was going to happen and things get weird, so uh, don't make it weird for us, please. Uh, finally, if you do want to mail us something, like some blue vial of stuff that's a anti-vampire thing, love to have that, by the way. Or some drones that can like pop up a cool umbrella while I'm swimming. That'd be great too. No sunburn. Summer's coming. Need that. Uh, Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Hazel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.